Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the area. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown Podcast with Johnny Dana and Tommy. The Board Podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Middlesbrough Football Club. And firstly, if you haven't already, please give us a five-star rate on your podcast provider. Follow us on YouTube, and that helps us get found and helps other Borough fans. If they're looking for a podcast, uh, Borough podcast to follow, they can happily find us. Um, but let's chat about the Borough. And, well, Borough yesterday drew one all at Kenilworth Road. A goal from Duncan Watmore saved Borough from a defeat against the Luton side, who are unbeaten in the last five games. Uh, Dan, I'm going to kick things off with you. Uneventful game yesterday, really. But how would you assess Borough's performance? Oh, it was... I mean, we weren't we weren't bad. We weren't great. It was just one of those sort of end-of-season games where, I don't know, there was... There wasn't much influence on the game. I mean, I know I said that Keenan Dewsbury Hall is their best player and was one to keep an eye out on. I don't think he had too much of an impact on the game yesterday, which I think probably played into the hands of just how the game panned out. And yeah, it was it was just one of those. It was just a typical classic end of the season game. And um, I must admit, during it, I was probably more focused on the relegation battle at the bottom of the table because that's some fight now. Next game, Derby Sheffield's going to be quite something. Oh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Isn't it? I can't wait. I, to be fair, I'm, I'm debating, should I watch Middlesbrough against Wickham on Saturday or should I watch Derby versus Sheffield Wednesday? Um, Just get it on split screen. Yeah, I was, well, I was thinking that, isn't it? It's all on Sky, isn't it? Like on the, on, on the last day of the season, but... Tom, we'll we'll chat about the borough. I know you, I don't, you don't really want to, but uh, there was no um, true Brackpom yesterday. Warnock saying he didn't want to waste his time. Were you surprised with the exclusion of Akpom? A little bit, yeah. Um, mainly because like when he's had, he, he has been getting a bit of a chance over the last few few games or so, and he's he's done okay. Um, he has had some good moments in those games, and it it seemed like he was going to get the majority of the games in the running. Um, but it just seems like we set up in a, a different style yesterday uh, that warranted kind of three, kind of um, well, two wingers and a false nine up front. Um, and and Mono came out afterwards and kind of explained the the lack of a striker in that formation. Um, so I can kind of understand it there. But yeah, I, I think going into it, I was a little bit surprised that uh, that he wasn't uh, in in the team at all. Yeah, were you surprised by Warner's comments? And he didn't want to waste his time either. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I found them a bit strange. I think I've always kind of say like we're not 
elite sport people we don't kind of see what's in the background uh we don't know the relationship bet- between them two um and and kind of how um how those words would be taken if they're meant to motivate or if there actually is anything else behind it um yeah it, it, it seems a bit odd kind of from the outside looking in but i, I guess there's a, a lot of stuff we don't know yeah, it is a strange one. I think, especially when he was saying that, oh, okay, I want to, I want to play Corburn a lot more, and and Danny only going to really give him eight minutes. So, do you think Warnock's telling a few parkies there? Do you think he's uh, he's trying to cover something up? I mean, given that Corburn only had eight minutes, had no had no real time to influence the game at all, uh, do you think Warnock's trying to cover something up a little bit there? I don't know. I mean, he he sort of made it known that. Chirbat Pom wasn't necessarily his. Well, I say he wasn't his signing. He basically ticked it off but he's insinuated um i mean i can't remember the quotes uh directly what he said exactly but he's insinuated at the very least that tubrat pom they might have got it wrong with him and that's not a great confidence booster if you're tubrat pom and i mean as fans we can see that he doesn't really suit the way that we play so yeah. it's an interesting one with you but i wouldn't actually be surprised if we let him go in the summer I, really, I, okay. I, I don't think that, obviously, with, with Britt and Fletcher um, gone, I think we could start the season with a completely new strike force because there's, there's already question marks over Tuber and he's only just walked into the room, hasn't he? So I feel sorry for him, but I think it's quite obvious that he just doesn't fit the system. Yeah, it's not that... It, it, the thing is, when, when, you, when we say he doesn't fit the system, when I watch Mills replay, it's, it's very, very difficult for me because... Not difficult. It is quite difficult to watch at times, but difficult for you. It's difficult for me, <laughs> but it's like because I, I, you know, I like professional, uh, not professional football. Um, well, I do like that, but it's a uh, possession-based football. Um, that's where I kind of prefer football. When I like watch like the Manchester City, that you know, in Spanish football and, and, and Belgian football nowadays, it's becoming a lot more possession-based. Um, but when I watch Bora and watch the likes of Akpom, we don't really play to their strengths at all, and. It's quite frustrating to watch, really, because when you see the likes of Balassi, Cabano, and Watmore up front, and we've seen teams recently where we've at Manchester City, Arsenal, for example, where they're not playing with a recognised centre forward, but we're not really playing at the strengths. Do you guys think with that Borough playing at the strengths at all? Because it seems like to me that we were hitting the channels and not really doing much with it. I don't think we were playing to the, the strengths at all. I think we, we set up in a certain way to, to counter Luton's strength. Um, by by kind of having three three non-strikers uh, up in attack, but I, I don't when when we've been playing like Balassi and and what more up front, not that they don't uh, kind of get a lot of things right and and do a good job and give good uh, good effort up there, but they're not natural strikers. I'd prefer to see them on the wings and actually being able to you know get some crosses in or cut in and create some chances. Um, but obviously we're we're limited in our striking options anyway, and you know I I think if if you were to kind of give Corburn the the start yesterday, we'd have had to put in kind of a lot more crosses, and that might have played into their hands a little bit more. So yeah, it's um it it's not great to watch, but at the moment with the limitations of the squad, I can kind of understand why we're doing it. Yeah, well, to be fair, it, it could potentially work. It can work in Boris' favour if we play at a feet. And when we did at times, we were getting the, getting the, like, the low crossing, there was good movement. Um, and there was, you know, so good interlink play when, when we had the ball at times. But 
the overall play, I think was it was a little bit slow. But Dana, would would you echo Tom's thoughts there? Do you think that we actually are would not really play at the strengths at all? To be honest, if we if we're going to play that type of system, no, we're not. And there's a comment here from Tony Guest on the stream saying the way that we play any striker will look poor, and it's true. It's true. I mean, we do. You know, when I look back at the full nineties from the Rotherham and the Sheffield Wednesday game, we. We, we're all too safe in midfield, which I guess is fine. I think the one thing that I've known from Neil Warnock, or one of the things I've known from Neil Warnock so far, is that he, he plays conservative in our own half and you know he doesn't like to see players take risks in our own half, which I think is why he didn't really like Patrick Roberts. He didn't really seem to rate Patrick Roberts. Mind you, his fortunes haven't gone particularly greener at, at Derby either, but um, we do play it along the back, but then we give it back to the keeper and then punt it upfield into the channels or you'll see Matt Ball as the, the main culprit of this where um, he'll knock it into the channels as well and there's just I mean that's fine but there's just no movement yeah it seems like we do it to, to try and reset so like when we've got nothing on or it's too static going forward we'll just go right okay we'll hit the channels we'll try and get up the pitch as much as we can put a little bit of pressure on and then we're in an organised position for us so we can't get counter-attacked at that time and for me if I would much prefer it if we just kept the ball, be a lot more patient with it, rather than yeah. try to just hoof it long into the channels. But we did make a change yesterday, a couple of changes yesterday, Dana. Um, and Hayden Coulson came back into the sides, and his position, you know, he was quite flexible. He was from left and playing on the right as well. And but how would you rate his performance? Because he hasn't really been in in the squad much at all, has he? Yeah, he was. He was okay. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad, but. Again, like I said at the top of the show, I don't think anyone had too much of an influence uh, on the game from, like, in terms of, you know, in, in midfield and in attack. I mean, Cabano in the first half was probably the one that that could have influenced the game uh, as a whole. You could see when he was one on one with Cal Smith, that was probably where Borough should have targeted in the second half. But um, Coulson, um, I don't know. He, he wasn't like, like I said. He wasn't bad, but. He, he wasn't great. I think he pretty much epitomised the game, I would say. No one really stood out. No team stood out. And I think in the end, obviously a draw, in my opinion, was 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 the right result. But yeah, Coulson probably epitomised it. I don't think he was he was a bit average, really. With him not standing out, Tom, can you see why that he's only featured 16 times this season for Borough in the league? To be honest, when 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 I kind of saw the, the start, I was a bit surprised it was that high because I can't remember seeing too much of him all this season. I think he's just he's he's one of those players where no one quite knows the the position to use him. I think that even stretches back to last year. It was like left back, then he was out of position a lot, so he went left wing back, left wing. Then Woodgate's in his season more as a winger. Then he's played like number ten on a couple of occasions this this season as well. Um, it, it's kind of similar to to Jed on the other side, I suppose. Um, I'd like to see him play consistently in in a position. Um, but it just seems like no one knows where to use them or how to use them at the moment. Yeah, well, it's we've got a question around it, and I was going to bring it later on, but I feel like it's right to, to fit it in now. But from Tom Muldown, he says, Warnock has obviously get, not given Warnock, not, no, given <laughs> Coulson uh, much game time. Uh, Warnock's not given Warnock get on the time. Pitch, Neil. I know, yeah. He probably needs to <laughs> with the lack of bench, uh, bench players we got. Um, but not given Coulson much game time. Uh, but it does seem he wants to find a role for him, but won't play him left back or left wing. How do you think he fits into this team, if at all? Is he a victim of his own success and versatility? So, is he? Is he a victim of his own versatility? Do you think he has a future? Maybe. I mean, 
I don't think he was necessarily so versatile until he came into the team. I remember when he, he was obviously brought into the first team fold in pre-season in Marbella under Ito Karanka. And at that point, I think he was left back. He was just straight up left back. So he seems to have um, obtained quite a few positions since then and been played in a number of roles. I completely agree with Tom when he says he's similar to Jed in that he's just not found his place in the team yet. And I remember a couple of podcasts ago when you asked me, Johnny, about his future and I said, I just can't see it being at Borough. And, and the reason for that is because of his age. He's, what, 21, 22, I think, something like that, either one of those two ages. And at that time, it's either make or break. And if, at this point, Hayden Coulson hasn't found his position in the team, then I just can't see... I can't see him staying at the club for much longer. I think he'll still be a part of the team and part of the squad next season, but only because we've just got a lack of options, Dawn. But... <laughs> but Ticks off board, break down, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> oh god love it but yeah I just I think he's he's. it's been a bit of a struggle for him Coulson. he's got some good attributes I'll say that you know I think dribbling wise he's he's very um, bright and energetic but he just needs to harness it in one position mm. yeah it, it could, we, we could say something similar to what Tav went through um, over a couple yeah. of seasons ago where Tav was playing centre midfield, right wing, left wing, right wing back. Even this season, obviously, he hasn't really played left, left wing back, but he's only really got centre half, goalkeeper, and probably centre forward to play. So he may as well go for all three. I mean, we're out, we have no goalkeepers in the summer, so Tav may as well go and go then. So, um, but in terms of in terms of how Coulson and, and Tav relate, playing different positions gives you a different perspective on the game and. When you play those different positions, you get a better education, you can understand and complement what each role does and why it does what it does. And I feel like his round his it'd be a much well rounded player, so when he does finally find that position, he'll 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 start to come good. But again, it's like how do you how can the the position of Hayden Colson it's it's quite difficult for me because when last year when he played left back under Jonathan Woodgate he was torn apart week in week out and people forget that we would play a three and he would still get caught because he was trying to bomb forward and Bora trying to play counter attacking style. But do you think that was just down to the the sort of naivety of Woodgate more than anything? Potentially, potentially. um, Woodgate wanted his wing backs to get forward and the reason why he did because we didn't have anything else. Going we, forward, had no we had to we had to power forward and we had to have, yeah. have some sort of defensive stability um but again like as we see i remember the brentford game i think it was the second home game i think it was the first home game of the season last year and he got torn apart um time after time again and i just thought that's not your position that uh for me if i was here in colson i'd be looking for probably a left winger left winger seems like a, a solid position for me and you know, give him the flexibility as well. I think when you see the what, what attributes he brings to the table with good dribbling and create chances, keep him on the left sides. But also give him that positional freedom where you know if he, if he wants to become like a bit of a floater with like the other two attacking midfielders, then we should probably do that because one, it makes things difficult for the defensive team because they don't really know who to mark and it becomes a little bit messy. I would given that. Uh, Neil Warwick does a man-marking system. That's where things can get a little bit, you know, frustrating yeah. for him. And hopefully he can he can create more chances with that and Borough can play to feet more than try and knock a ball in the box and no one try to gamble on it. Um, when I was saying last week around, around crosses and low crosses and why I would potentially opt towards it more is because 
this year, I've, I've like I've said on the majority of the podcasts, well, pretty much all season, that our strikers do not gamble. They never gamble. They're always very static. And the reason, and the reason why they're static is because they're sick of the ball going over their heads and not trying to gamble. And then, and that will essentially have a domino effect on them, them not in the gamble. If we were to have a low cross, we're playing against teams that are, you know, have six foot four defenders, which is historic in the championship. Um, you know, it's going to create that chance, and someone's going to probably gamble more. And you've got Duncan Mottmore. Yes, he scored a header yesterday, and he's like what five foot one, two, <laughs> four foot seven, or something, whatever he is. You know what I mean? So he he had a good, good header yesterday. Took a deflection. He found the space. He gambled in that space. But overall, like majority of our crosses, they probably should be on on the ground. But in terms of going back to Hulson, I think he has a future. His position for me is left wing. Give him that freedom role, and I feel like we might see the best out of him. But mm-hmm. whether we do or not. Who knows? I mean, that's what I'd say with Jed. But on the other side, I don't see Jed's future being a, a like even a wing back now. Hmm. I think it's probably more right wing. I don't know what you think about that, but I think for me, Jed's future is probably right wing. I don't think he has enough quality quality there. Um, I think he's a he's a good talent. I think right back or wing back position is probably position. He has the way like he the, he tackles players and when 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 he when he wants to. Um, a lot of board fans will probably say he has a really bad attitude problem, but they've never met him. So and then it, zooms in on his and then um, zooms in on his, on his on his bag or something. Um, from defensively, he has that rash defensive player like Wan Bissaka does a little bit, but it's not a good quality in, in comparison to it. Like Wan Bissaka is a completely different level, but his, the way he's quite rash, it's quite it reminds me of that. So for me, I think Jed's a wing back or a right back. But he needs the protection there from his centre mids, or is is he needs an experienced centre half with him to get the best out of him? Um, I seen something this week that Jed there was rumours that Jed Spence was five million plus to a couple of different clubs in the Championship and and even a Premier League club. So is that a good deal? Would you would you take five million for Jed Spence, Tom? Probably at the moment. Um, I think it goes back to kind of what I said about Coulson and Spence and them not kind of having a nailed down position in the team. Um I'm not entirely sure the the fit into this system kinda of too much at the moment and, and five million plus for um someone who, who might not get as much game time as he has this season, next season, it it'll do a lot for us in the summer. Yeah, I mean like if you get seven if you get seven million of Jed Spence, I think I would take it as well. Um I mean he, he's only really had what one year as a professional footballer, one full year. And getting seven million for that, five to seven million. You, well, you, clubs pay for potential, don't they? That's what well, abso- absolutely they do, absolutely they do. And I was going to go back to the Wambasaka point because I feel like someone will be like, <coughs> "Why do you think Wambasaka?" Like we're saying, <laughs> Wambasaka has no attacking like qualities in terms of like getting the ball in the box. Jed doesn't either. Like you know what I mean? And with so, the, with that rash, with that rash like defensive player that he has. Mm. That's where I kind of see the similarities, but in terms of comparing them, there's there's absolutely no comparison. <laughs> well, like, I mean, up there. <laughs> last season, even when even when Neil Warnock came in, there was a game against Stoke. He marauded in um, he, he marauded in field, and I do think that he does have the qualities to be a right winger. It's just that he's not showing it. And there was a clip that I put on Twitter last season where I can't remember who it was against, but there was a fullback or there was a winger. Sorry. Um, that was going into the box and he absolutely belted back. You don't really see that now, so it's a question of like, is his hunger gone? You know, does he think he's made it maybe? Um I mean I don't think that Jed is a lost cause. I just think he needs to realign himself. Um and I think he might need a little bit of a 
step back to step up and that's why i think a loan deal is probably best but i mean if you're talking seven five to seven million then you know that could go to that could rebuild half our squad could go for a striker so yeah we'll we'll pay seven million for a striker and the next thing you know he'd be the worst thing since i don't know but <laughs> british samba longer british two. samba longer 2.0 <laughs> yeah I can't, uh, but again, again like, i think the seven million yeah it's it's it, it's a good fee I, I i agree with you to some extent then in, in terms of is, a, is attacking player, but then it comes back to Coulson, Spence, Tav, these younger players coming through, not finding the position. Mm. You know, it's if we you can't versatility is great, but you do need to have that one thing, that one position. That's where you're probably striving. That's where you probably get better out of it. I think if you have your finger in too many pies, it, it you you know you it's quite thin, isn't it? So you, you you're not you're not good at you're all right at everything, but not good at like one certain thing, do you know what I mean? I think the the big thing for, for both Coulson and Spence, um, and this is for future potential for for them as wingers, I'd want to see them improve the quality of their crossing because I think for, for both of them, they don't have as much quality as, as some of our other players. But at the same time, like you, you look at like Coulson on, on, on the left, great going forwards in terms of dribbling and, and pace, but the the end product isn't necessarily there, which I think is why Marvin Johnson's been in the team kind of so much ahead of him. But at the same time, his defensive qualities aren't all there in terms of marking. And I think you could say the, the same for Spence as well. So I think it does go back to, to, to what you're saying, that they need one set position and they need to work, to work on every skill you need to play in that position. I think both of them do have potential as, as wingers. Um, because they've they've got that that pace and and bit of trickery and and good dribbling, but you'd you'd need the end product from them, which I don't think either of them necessarily have at the moment. Yeah, well, it's interesting you said about end product, um, so I want to chat about Neymar a little bit because joint second in goal contributions now this season, another assist, out of contract in the summer. I know we spoke about it a couple of times, but surely Dana, one more year for one more year for Neymar. I would, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I saw a video of him yesterday that where he, uh, he was at Sheffield United, wasn't he? Uh, got promotion with them, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, if you think about, you know, when he went there, he was pretty much, you know, his future at Borough was pretty much dead, um, and he's brought it back and turned it around. And to be fair, he's quite a reliable uh, performer. He's got one hell of a cross um, at times. He's probably actually the most consistent performer, which might not be saying much because we do have quite some inconsistent crosses. Um, but he does he does have a good delivery, and I think that he has been a consistent performer. He's been somewhat reliable. Um, whether or not he has better impact for the bench is probably another debate because sometimes when he does get a couple of starts under his belt, you start to see a couple of performances from him that you're thinking his impact isn't great. Uh, on the game still not bad but you know his influence is is minimal sometimes but um i would give him another yeah yeah i, th- I think i would as well when you're saying about the about in out the squad it's just consistency 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 if you if a player can play 46 games in a season you probably sometimes see the best out of them uh like when you look at the likes of mcnair's hasn't really missed a minute this year and he's been arguably our best players because he's just in that momentum where he's just playing games week in week out it's becoming second nature and he's remained quite sharp and I feel like it's we've seen the best of him I think with wingers and probably more of like your, your, your luxury players they they need time they can't be in and out the team because even though they're inconsistent players you need to just go through the motions with them 
And when you see the likes of Jed and when you talk about the younger players, I think minutes is just is it's just vital for these players and it's quality of minutes as well, of course. But if we can give them minutes, then they're absolutely perfect. It's why, like yesterday, I was a bit frustrated that we give we had all these young players on the bench, and even Mali had a man of the match performance. We haven't seen him since, and we're, we've only given him eight minutes. I don't think Corburn's going to learn from that eight minutes. If I'm honest, he might do. He might have you know learned a lot in that eight minutes. You know what I mean? But for me, I don't think he had any impact on the game at all and not, no real substance to any of it. So. Yeah, well, it was funny that he was saying that it was a waste of Tuba's time to bring him. It was a little bit of a waste of Josh's time, don't you think? Just putting him on for eight minutes. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think there is... He, he does need the minutes. And he would have probably... Well, he, he would have probably learnt where he's playing against like a centre-half who's going to like kick lumps out of him. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll learn from that, but... The whole eight minutes of it, probably, you might have learnt one or two things, but the whole thing, probably not. Um, probably probably not, but it's just, it's just frustrating. Very, It was very, like, it was very Tony Pulis-esque management skills, wasn't it? Like, it was like the, the Tony Pulis management 101 book, and Neil Warner took, a le- uh, took like, page six out of it and said, <laughs> oh, you know what, eight minutes for a substitute, uh, eight minutes for a squad player, never play them again, so... Say something, the, do the opposite. Yeah, well, the Van Lepara treatment. The Van, Le, the Van Lepara treatment. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> you know, we could do. We That's could. good to be fair. Yeah, I think we we want some. We obviously don't know like what's been going on. We don't know why he's left Tuba out and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it was just a bit frustrating. But Tom, name of one one more year, two more year. What where where would you see him fit in the squad? Yeah, I mean, don't don't we have a a one year uh, option on on the deal? I'm, Sure, I've kind of heard that or read that somewhere before. I don't know. I didn't sign the contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I've seen that on on Twitter before. If that's the case, and we're getting them kind of on the same same terms for another year, then yeah, go for it. Because I think even going back to last season, you look at who left at the end of the season. He was actually wanting to be here. Uh, he signed a, a contract on on lesser terms to to stay here, and and he's been. You know, a solid performer this season. Um, you know, get him on on the same contract for for another year. He, he'd be a good option in and around the in and around the squad. So yeah, I, I don't see the problem with with keeping him for another year. Yeah, well, there's, there's another player I want to chat about as well. Um, it's John Natcher and to, uh, Tom. I'll I'll, I'll keep with you for this one because Dan is Dan will start going red in anger uh, when <laughs> I ask it when I ask this question. But in the second half, saved a penalty, stopped going from two one. Good save, command in his box. Or look a little bit more stable at the back. Um, get up our contract in the summer. Do you think he's improved Borough's goalkeeper situation? Yeah, uh, kind of. Not, not. <laughs> that was so confident the delivery <laughs> of that. Yeah, um, I, I think. Um, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I think in terms of depth, he has. Yeah, because you know when we've had like uh, Stojanovic and, and Bryn on the on the bench all season behind Betanelli. I think Archer's a better option than both of them to be behind. Uh, Bet- well, say behind Bettinelli. Bettinelli's behind him now. Um, <laughs> but you know, he is a good goalkeeper to have as as a backup option. I think he's he's played consistently at this level for for Millwall before, and you need to have a good um, good backup option. Even like when you look at like. I know some people might not agree with this, but when we had Mark Schwartz, at least you had Brad Jones there on on the bench to to kind of uh, fill in to, if, to if ever needed yeah. to to push him. Yeah, um, you, you know, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. We had Michael Agatti, so <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but, 
But yeah, you, you need someone who's consistently kind of uh, played at that level, who maybe isn't that at that level anymore, but has the skills to to fill in. And I think he does. I'd be quite happy to see him here next season. Probably not as our starting keeper. Um, but definitely as as another option in goal. Yeah, it's a position that we probably need to bring in like again another two goalkeepers. Uh, but bring back a Gatsy. Bring back a Gatsy. <laughs> 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 Hashtag bring back a Gatsy. Just it's, it starts right now. Free a Gatsy. <laughs> <laughs> right here, right now. I know you're listening. <laughs> it's a bit of fat boy slim there, Johnny. <laughs> How dare you? Um, but go on and dinner. Jordan Archer, warrant a new deal, yes or no? You might think that I'm crazy here, but yes. And the reason what? the reason is exactly what Tom said there. I think we need a somewhat stable number two. I, I completely agree with Tom when he says I wouldn't have him as a starter. But for backup, I think he's a he's a decent option and um, you know, it was, a, it was a great save yesterday. To be fair, I was not expecting him to save it, and not not because it was Archer, but because every time that we have a penalty against us, I'm like, yeah, this is going in. So props to him for saving it. It was a good save. Um, obviously, um, saved us the game, saved us a point, um, and all in all, he hasn't he hasn't really put a foot wrong. I don't think. Um, having said that, I don't think he's been. Um, a headline stealer but I don't think he's really needed to be he's just been sort of sort of stable which is which is good enough so yeah I, I would give him another deal goodness gracious pigs can fly um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I'm, I'm in all agreement I think he, he deserves probably one more year we need someone to push the next keeper that's coming in whoever that may be um, I don't think uh, if he's not if he's not going to play the young players now why play Solbrin pointless um, we've seen how it, how a goalkeeper can, you know, like cut bad performances and they can be shipped out and gone, like, i.e. anti pairs. Um, so yeah, for me, makes sense. Give him a one more, one or two, one a year, one one to two year deal, and we'll, we'll go from there. But one final question before we move on to to the questions, and then um, yesterday, Tom Borough went down, um, went went a goal behind, and then it took them a good twenty thirty minutes to get, get back in. Well, we did equalise straight, but in terms of the performance. Very slow once again. It's becoming quite a recurring theme, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's it's definitely something we need to address for, for next season. We can't go through next season with slow starts and, and you know, not raring to go as soon as the, the whistle blows. I feel like that comes down to a couple of things. Uh we need obviously we need more players in the summer, but we need players with the the right attitude who are kind of raring to go. Uh, for, right from the start, and I think also having a full preseason this year is going to help. Obviously, last year we only had like what four to six weeks or something. Um, it's not really enough time for for the squad to to gel. Um, and you've got to kind of learn as you go throughout the the start of the season. So you know, strengthening the summer, bringing everyone we need fairly quickly, gel them through through preseason, then just start next season. Uh, you know, ready to go and good performances from the start no more slow starts because you, you look at who's went up this season who's in the playoff places they don't have that issue so we can't afford that next year yeah it does seem like that 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 trend itself if, if you do start quick and you get yourself on the front foot that first that first goal in the championship is 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 pretty massive um and it, it's because the the reason why i say it's massive is that a lot of teams once they get ahead the 
you know they're, they become very hard to break down it becomes like quite rigid and but the premier league is still very very open um and because the quality is there but in terms of our division it, the quality might not be as, as rich but it's uh it it was it's still you know we, we need to get on, on that front foot a little bit quicker but there's a couple of things we could do we're doing that and we'll probably go on to it on our on our season review show uh next week where we'll probably break this down in, in, in more depth but for me i think it's a mindset issue is warnock is warnock doing enough to get these players motivated before the game is he doing enough for the start of the second half to make sure the pump up for it there's like a couple of things which i was reading i'm reading the book at the minute called winners by alistair campbell and he's is a uh sir clive woodward had um when he was manager of the england rugby team he noticed that the team would start off very slow in the second half so what he would do is once the players come in he would tell them to like change get, like get changed again back into a new kit because it re- it reset the mindset of the game starting against so we need to start off pay, uh, a lot more quicker and funny enough it actually worked so maybe neil warnock make, next needs them to get into a suit before the game <laughs> five minutes get changed get back in the suit then back in the kit again <laughs> to go out on the pitch but now nah, in terms of like the mindset thing i think he actually we need to work on it quite quickly and it comes back to leaders leads in the dressing room are we getting enough is there enough motivation there but then also like it's the end of the season it's done we were never going to get in the playoffs anyway so were the players really like all in do you know what i mean but yeah i mean it, i mean it has been like you said a recurring theme throughout the season so i suppose they've just been following off from kind of where they've taken themselves this season and i do think it's down to to the lack of leaders in the team the lack of authority really that needs to be addressed i mean to be fair it needed to be addressed last season last year last summer last january and it hasn't so september well (laughs) mind you i say that it hasn't been addressed i do think we've got grant hall and sam morsey the the two good i think they just need time um to really sort of become become captains but um on the podcast that i wasn't on uh two weeks ago you were talking about captains i think you said you say Housen and then changed it to to Morsey. I went with Sam Morsey, yeah. I think Sam Morsey is just a natural leader. He got the best out of a Wigan side that were really struggling at times, and they ended up going on a superb run at the end of the season, of course. And I just think for me, he he brings something to the table, and he's going to probably be more of a regular starter than what Housen probably will be next year. I feel like this next year is probably the year where we tend we'll probably see the decline of of Johnny Housen. Mm. Um, in terms of quality, he's still got it, but it's like it's it's like the Ledbetter situation where he can't really be as effective as that he once was. So hence why I'll probably say Marzi could would probably be captain next year. But hey, yeah. prove me wrong, Johnny Housen, prove me wrong, make me look stupid. I I think it just requires kind of in in the dressing room like a, a leadership core. I feel like we had that in our promotion season. I don't think it necessarily depends on one player. I think more uh, more kind of a few players and all offering different things. Like Morsi, yeah, he's, he's a good captain. He's, he got the best out of um, you know that, that Wigan team. Grant Hall, consistent player. Johnny House, and we've, uh, it's been spoken about before that he is a leader, but he's not kind of a leader who will shout at people and, and stuff like that. But I think you, you also need kind of more senior presences to bring something else as well. Uh, I think someone who does that at the moment, I'd be delighted if he came back next year is Balassi. Because um, I think you only have to look at like his Instagram posts from from the last couple of games, like when they've been in the changing rooms, so or, or like when 
when he's kind of been at the training ground, he does seem to be kind of like that uplifting presence. Other than the fact that he has a lot of experience anywhere, I think you need that in a team, like in any team and in work and in, in life, you, you need someone who's going to uplift everyone and you know make it make everyone in a, in a good mood and like enjoy coming into work. Um, so that's what he can offer as well. And I think you combine all that together, you've got a good leadership core who can bring everyone else up. Yeah, absolutely. You need someone who, I think there's like three types of leadership I think you need in that change room. I think it's one that you're absolutely on the money there saying like <coughs> that, that, up, that someone who brings people up. You want someone who's a voice, you know, when things are getting hard, you have someone now who can get you out of it. And then also you have someone who's a performer, someone who's very consistent week in, week out, which is probably why Housen's captain because he has been so consistent this season and in the last couple of seasons, he's probably warranted that, warranted that captaincy. Now we need someone who's probably going to shout at players when they're not pulling the weight and then also we need someone to bring them up as well. And But it also goes back goes back down to Warnock as well. He needs a really good EQ, like really good emotional intelligence. If he, if he can get the best out of those players on the pitch, then that's absolutely perfect. Um, but let's chat about questions. We've got the one this week. We have one more question for this week and then we'll go on to Wickham, Tom. Um, but Paulie Maxson has a question. He said, why do Borough keep getting linked with uh, to players that they have sold and let go? Wyke, Rhodes, uh, Adorma, Ben Gibson, Jordan Jones are the recent ones, plus players like Pallister Cooper, Downing, who have all returned to the club. So why is it that Borough get a link with all these players that we've sold in the past? And, and Danny Graham was one that I was always one. Danny Graham returning was a big one. Um, go on. I think it's just an easy link to make for, for the people writing the stories. Um you, you look at someone like Charlie White, for example, he's um, you know, got a good record in, in League One this season. Probably what we're looking for next season. So it, it's just kind of, even if we're not interested, it is a, an easy kind of link to, to make there. Same with, with Jordan Jones as well. I, I think he was out of contract at the end of the season as well. Um, but I think even last year, you look at like Ben Gibson, it was probably never going to happen financially, but with him training at the club um, for, for so long, you just kind of assume there might be something going on there. But uh, as you said at the end there as well, there have been players come back to the the team in the in the past and and they've done well so it's not kind of out in the out of the ordinary for uh for borough to do so that makes the link even easier if anything yeah do you just think it's would you just echo that down just echo what thomas in there yeah i think it is an easy link and i mean john johns is the new graham dorans isn't he always gets linked with us <laughs> he's the new goal uh finally got his man at the age of 41 <laughs> Oh god, I'm trying to think of those comments that people were posting saying that we were Salt and Gear at 41. You're joking, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, Tony Mowbray is not our manager. Tony, Tony <laughs> Mowbray. <laughs> that was it. Hey. But yeah, it, it, it is an easy link, and um, I don't know if there's any necessarily any truth in a lot of them. To be fair, but I think newspapers put two and two together really, don't they? Yeah, it's very easy to. Uh, yeah, it's very very easy to make that link. So will those players come back? Charlie Wake, John and Jones, uh, they've all been linked, and obviously Sunderland's goalkeeper's being linked as well. Um, interesting one, him. I'll what, tell you. What's his name? Sorry again, I can't. Lee Bird. Lee Bird. That's what I was, uh, Very interesting one. You look at the Sunderland fan opinion of him. It is. Go on. Dinner. It's interesting. Why well, interesting? Well, my Sunderland supporting friend on my course likes him. Poor lad. Sunderland. <laughs> shout, out, shout out in, but um. A lot of Sunderland fans don't, and obviously he's been named in the League One team of the season. And if you look at the comments on that post, Jesus Christ, a lot of them are sort of mystified as to how he's got in there. So it's a very strange one. 
A strange one, so I'm assuming you wouldn't. I don't know. No, I okay. haven't really looked into it. Well, we need someone. I mean, I, I can't go <laughs> and go. Out. Yeah, Tom, you can go and go. You're quite good at uh, sevens, aren't you? So just need to make the goal smaller at the riverside. It'll be sound. A little bit smaller, yeah. I'd absolutely fine. I mean, I'd go and go, but I'm only like five foot seven, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that good. Well, I get. I just get dinked every five minutes. I'm taller than you on my platforms, Anna. I'll go and go. Oh yeah, well, there might you break go. my ankle, but yeah, it puts platforms, and you'd be absolutely laughing. <laughs> it's all right. We'll. <laughs> We'll have to pay like we'll have to pay Yannick and Corey and Chips to help like protect you or something during the game. <laughs> well, my see my ankle can be broken, but my glasses can't. They just protect my glasses at all costs. Yeah. So we already stood on them, so there well, we go. Well, there we go. We, I mean, Dana's in goal next season. That's gonna get <laughs> out, out of Edgar Davids once. Yeah, out, <laughs> yeah. out of context for a breakdown is the fault of Dana in goal, now, isn't it? <laughs> With Edgar Davids glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but alright let's chat about let's chat about Wickham then uh, so Wickham needs a 12 goal uh, you know well a 12 goal turnaround to save the bacon um, in in the championship uh, final game of the season I mean it's unlikely but it's typical boy they get beat 12-0 and Wickham still up so Tom let's, let's, let's break Wickham down well yeah it's actually a 14 goal difference they need to make up I, I thought it was 12 at first as well but they're also relying on Chef Wed beating Derby so to stay oh, up, yes. they would need Sheffield to beat Derby and to beat us fourteen nil. Um, wow! I'm sure some of our fans wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> against just sitting down and let Wickham score fourteen to relegate Derby. That's, so that's doable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, our our friends at the Ram, Rams Review podcast will not like that comment, <laughs> but we'll go with it. <laughs> I wouldn't say some of our fans, not us personally, but. <laughs> um, yeah, so on in, in terms of form, they beat Bournemouth 1-0 yesterday. Uh, so cheers to Johnny Woodgate for letting my bet down. Uh, <laughs> before that... It was lying. It, was, it wasn't just him, in fairness. So. <laughs> um, yeah, before that, 2-1 loss to Cardiff away. They beat Bristol City 2-1 at home the week before. Uh, Two-all draw against Swansea the week before that and a 3-1 home loss against Luton uh, in the week before that. So I had a look in their fans forum as well. Same very positive bunch considering the the position they're in. Um, but they mo- mostly seem quite proud of how the teams performed yesterday and through the season and that they still have the ability to not finish bottom slash ma- uh, mathematically staying up at the last game of the season. Yeah, I think a lot of them were kind of saying... You know, if we do manage to to beat Borough and results go our way, we could finish third bottom, and we we'd look at that as kind of like a, a yeah, positive. Well, it's the highest I've ever been, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, fair play. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did extremely well to get up here. So respect to them, really. Um, there's a few, quite a few, looking forward to next season in League One already. Just saying, they they look quite a, a strong pro- uh, proposition for us, and they look like you know, automatic position slash playoffs. So okay. good luck to them if they do. Um, they've lined up in quite a few formations this season. Uh, 4-3-3 has been used the most, but against Bournemouth they'll land up in a 5-3-2. Um, they look to utilise long balls and crosses quite often, which could play into our hands. We've talked about it before on, on the pod that we defend quite well against crosses, so you know, fingers crossed for, for that one. They are... Weak against defending set pieces, though, and from a defending attacks from the wings. So, you know, based on on the last few games with uh, Balassi and Cabano and the the delivery mm-hmm. they've had, that could potentially work really well for us and and play even more into our hands. Their danger man uh, plus top scorer uh, Ikpiazu, who is of course on my transfer wi- uh, wish list a few weeks ago, 
He scored six goals, including one yesterday against Bournemouth and, of course, one against us as well. Um, he did bully McNair a bit at their place, so he's probably one to look out for uh, next week as well. Yeah, it was a lovely little Megs as well, didn't it, when he uh, put it through uh, McNair and, and then Paddy. Yeah, and quite, quite disappointed as well that we're not going to be able to be in the stadium to see Akin Fenwell play live at the Riverside. Yeah. He's up there with, like, when we didn't see Zlatan play at the Riverside in, in the Premier League. It's like, it's that same level, so. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean. He scored his first championship goal last week, didn't he, for yeah. that, that penalty? Yeah, what was it? Didn't he say there was a song in his head where he was, where he was running up to take a penalty? It's going to annoy me. I don't know, but oh. that is fantastic if so. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to. Th- I'm gonna have to search it whilst we we do predictions. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna be a tough old game, isn't it? I mean, for the last day of the season, I mean, if we want to get beat fourteen nil against against Wickham and send Abbey Town, then absolutely go for it, crack on. Um, but Tom, we'll we'll, we'll go predictions. How are, we, how are we feeling? Do you think we'll win? Yeah, I'm gonna go for a two 0 win. I'm expecting to see quite a lot of the uh, the youngsters given the game next week. Um, and on our group chat yesterday, you were saying you were surprised to see them not included. Yesterday against Luton, I do think Wickham's more their kind of game. Um, I know Warnock has said that Solbrin's going to get a game towards the end of the season. So, as he hasn't ended up to now, that <laughs> I'm expecting that to, to be next week. Hasn't um, even been on the bench either, has he? Yeah. So, mm. um, so I, I'd expect him to be in next week. I, I'd like to see Mally and, and Coburn, probably Hackney, get, get a game as well. Um but I'm I'm hoping it's going to be like one of those end end of season games. Um, you know, eight like eight one would <laughs> be perfect. But, um, I'm, I'm thinking back to like when when Reach scored against Doncaster and stuff like there was nothing really to play for that day. But some of the the young lads made a a good appearance. So I'm going to go with with that next next week. I'll go uh, Mali to get a goal as well. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm probably doing predictions. I was searching for Akin Fenwar's um. Is the song I listened to when uh well he's trying to sing when he scored, but the first thing that comes up is football star Adabel Akinfenwa confirms he's in talks to sign with WWE. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh Defo's winner next year's Royal Rumble. Oh that just cracked me off. I was like, that's caught me off guard so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Tom, what did you say again in terms of Two and all. Two and all. Uh Borough Wickham? Yeah, two and uh, okay. I, I, you never know. Sorry, mate. I just, I just, I just got caught off guard with the whole WWE thing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, um, Dana. I'm, I'm gonna go the same two 0 But goal scorers, for some reason, I can see Akpom scoring again against them. Um, but he probably won't be in the squad. Really. Don't I mean, we'll, waste his time. We'll yeah, I mean, we don't want to waste his time. You know what I mean? So we'll see. I'll change that then. I'll go. Who hasn't scored so far this season? Well, we need one more. We need one more player to break the record, don't we? For different goal scorers, oh, well, for, for us anyway, not just like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Howson's due when he hit the bar twice against Rotherham. Didn't scored he scored yesterday as well, but it, the whistle had already been blown. So. <laughs> he did, yeah, Howson's <laughs> definitely due one, and then oof, we'll go mm, go Yannick. Yannick Balassi, then, eh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Part and gift. Part and gift, and some curry and chips. Right. Okay. So <laughs> I'm gonna go. I want to say I think Borough will get the job done. I think I think two one, um, but I feel Wickham will score first and people will start to feel a bit nervous because it's going to be, a, be an early goal. 
Um, if I think, oh god, it's going to be fourteen nil. This, um, but that's it, guys. Thank you very much for joining me as always, and thank you for the listeners as well. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or any podcast provider, or watch us live on the stream as well on Red Army TV's Facebook page, and thank you for, for joining us too. But that's it. One game to go, and it's all done and dusted. So join us next week uh, for our famous season review show, uh, where we'll go have an in-depth analysis on what went well, what went wrong give you the ups the downs the ins and outs of borough's 2020 2021 campaign but this has been the borough breakdown podcast and that was all your match day chatter in a pod up the borough breakdown one support curtis fleming is there on the edge of the air fleming for craig hignett hit it higgy higgy hits the track and now they're coming alive again janino wants the ball played to him 